Uh, quick question. So growing up, when you were about to cross the street, what did your parents say? Look both ways, right? Now, if you, have par- if you have kids today, you have become your parent because you find yourself saying exactly the same thing. Uh, in fact, just this last week, on Thursday night, my family and I went to downtown Duluth, had a quick bite to eat to dinner, and we were walking back to our car. We were crossing the street, and literally out of nowhere, this car goes, Wah! like right around the corner. Everybody's screaming out. We're about to cross the street. Everybody jumps back, and that night, like that night, Thursday night, I was going to sleep and I felt like God like tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, uh, you never said thank you to me because let me just tell you guys, like if we are five seconds sooner, the Bowie family is not here today. Like we get smashed on the street of, of Duluth. And, and, and it just kind of brought it to my mind once again that probably some of the best advice we could ever get in our entire lives is to be aware of what's coming before we cross over to the other side. If you love somebody, you tell them to look both ways. And that's what Jesus did with us. All right, so here's the deal. If you are newer with us, let me just catch you up really quickly. Um, We have been spending pretty much the entire year on the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, Jesus' famous sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, really because at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes us a great promise, and Jesus doesn't lie. And so what Jesus actually says is, if you'll do all the things that I've been talking about, if you do all the things that Jesus has been talking about, if you uh, obey Jesus's words and build your life on Jesus, then it doesn't matter what storm comes your way, you'll still be found standing. Come on, am I in the right place today? Like, do we wanna be the people who are still found standing? Come on, like, that's the big idea. And so we've been kind of journeying through this great sermon, and now here we are. Like, literally, we are verses away, just a few verses away from the very end, and we're, we're kind of um, grouping in on this, what I just think are the most difficult 11 verses of the New Testament, because it's here that Jesus talks about hell, and it's here that Jesus talks about heaven, and so we've looked to the left and we looked at hell and we, we saw that Jesus said that the, the, actually that the path to hell is broad and many find it. And then we turned this way and we looked at heaven and Jesus said the path to heaven is actually very narrow and very few find it. And at the end of that narrow path is a very narrow door and that door's name is Jesus, Jesus is the doorway between humanity and divinity, between death and between life, between us and to the Father. In fact, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. And so we've looked at hell, we looked at heaven, and then last week, John Bavir was here. And he talked about the awe of God. I don't know about you guys, I'm still kind of recovering from that one. Um, And today what we're doing is we are moving forward and we're continuing on in what I just call our sober words from Jesus that every single one of us needs to hear today. And here it is, Matthew 7, verse 15. Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. Woo! They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. In other words, and he's like, hey, if you didn't understand what I was saying, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I know we're not botanists, but I think we get it. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Y'all ready today? Buckle up. Come on, buckle up. Here's what happens. Jesus says, watch out. Another translation, he says, beware. In other words, be aware. Because on this journey of walking the narrow path, the way, the truth, and the life, of walking the narrow path of following Jesus Christ, there will be people who try to get you off that path. On the way of walking the narrow path, people will try and take you off the narrow path and put you on the broad path. And Jesus says it right here. Those people, uh, all throughout the Bible, they're called different things. Sometimes they're called false prophets. Sometimes they're called false teachers. Sometimes they're called wolves. Sometimes they're called deceivers, but they're out there. And here's the idea. There are people who will say and do certain things to get you thinking wrong so that you start believing wrong, so that you start living wrong, so you get lost. 
And here's the good news. Jesus jumps to the end. He says, hey, eventually they're gonna be exposed. They're, they're gonna be thrown away that God's gonna deal with them. But in the meantime, they're gonna do a lot of damage. They're gonna do a lot of damage. And every single one of us sees aspects of this happening right now, right? Like, let's, I mean, just forgive me in advance. I'm gonna use some strong language today, okay? There are some wicked pastors out there. Come on, somebody who have ulterior motives, who are hurting the sheep, and now we have an epidemic of church hurt, right? We have what I would just call TikTok heretics. Doesn't have to be on TikTok, but we have all these social media preachers, right, who are just spewing misinformation, and it's causing people to depart from the faith. Um, we see this inundation of information come on, that's thrown at us every single day and people are just overwhelmed and they don't know what's truth and they don't know what's, what's fiction. And what happens is Matthew 24, Jesus says there's just kind of this love of many growing cold, right? And, and I felt like God said this, like a lot of us were like, no, I, I don't believe anything that's false because I would know, like I would know. And, and, and I believe that the Lord is kind of saying this, guys, like lies are seeds. And so they just kind of slowly grow over time. And leaving the faith isn't a rocket ship, it's a cruise ship. Come on, leaving the faith isn't like, whoa, you're just gone. No, it's like, no, I would never believe that. I don't know, I kind of believe that. Okay, bye. Like, it's not, it's not fast, it just happens slowly over time. In fact, I, I sat down recently with some of the staff and just kind of doing a little bit of Q&A with one of the teams here. And they asked me the question, they said, hey, what, um, what, what, like, what's the main difference between the different roles that you've had in victory over 25 years, right? And I thought about it for a second, and I said, wait, not this, even though the weight is an issue in my life. But um, <laughs> I said, no, the weight of responsibility, right? Because, hey, we started a small group leader. So as a small group leader, I can screw up about 12 people, right? Small group coach, I can screw up about 50 people. Right As a fusion young adult pastor, I, I could mess up about 400 people. Uh, at Hamilton Mill, that's when it got real. I, 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 I could mess up about 2,000 people. In this role, as the senior pastor over all of Victory, I can actually mess up tens of thousands of people. I know this, I know this, that I know this, that I could actually be the reason why some, someday somebody stands before Jesus and said, I did not believe in you, Jesus, because of Johnson Bowie. And you better believe that that puts the fear of the Lord in me. And if you've ever wondered, like, why, why do I respond to some people the way that I do? This is why if you've ever come up to me and was like, hey, give me the platform. Give me a mic. I want to preach. I'm like, slow your roll. Slow. And they're like, why, why won't you? I got a word. Why won't you let me give a word? Because of James 3. Not many of you should become teachers, <laughs> my fellow believers, for multiple reasons, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Listen, guys, when you're in a position of influence in people's lives and you do not steward that well, God holds you accountable for your motives and for your words, for your motives and for your words. This is a heavy thing, being a proclaimer of God's word. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let me just pause before all the leaders of victory quit. <laughs> I can't do it, I can't do it, it's too much pressure. No, 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 okay. Before we start witch hunts here at Victory for all the false teachers and burn people at the stake, here's what I believe Jesus is saying, okay? Is there's a difference between a false prophet and a prophecy that's false. There's a difference between a false teacher and a teacher who says things that are sometimes prove false. Come on, so it's, it's okay, there, because one loves God and the other one hates God. One of them loves you and the other one hates you. One of them wants to build the church, the other one wants to destroy the church. Come on, one of them has pure motives, the other one has demonic motives. So here's what we're not doing today. I always try and think ahead, like, like somebody's gonna hear this with no filter and just run with it, like, don't do that. So before we start running around calling everybody false teachers, because they had a, a bad interpretation of scripture that one time, listen, listen. No, judge them by the fruit of their lives. And judge them by the fruit they produce in your life. 
Okay, after, after sitting here in this church or sitting in a small group or being in your home church, wherever that is, for X amount of time, am I closer to Christ or am I farther away from Christ? Judge them by the fruit that they produce. But, but I think here's, here's a big idea, okay, guys? If a good teacher with good intentions can accidentally mess people up, how much more can a bad teacher with bad intentions take people off the narrow path? And what Jesus shows us right here, listen, is that false prophets have been around for a long time, right? Jesus talks about them. Peter talks about them. Paul talks about them. John talks about them. In fact, I didn't even know this until I started studying this thing out. Every book of the New Testament, except for Philemon, except for one, talks about false prophets, false teachers. 26 books in the New Testament. This is a big deal, guys. Some of you are like, oh, it's not a big, this is a huge deal because your belief Dramat, like, like is the make or break how you think, the voices you listen to, the voices you trust will either lead you down the narrow path or will take you to the broad path. In fact, Paul's final words to the church in Ephesus, the church that he founded, the church that he says with tears as I'm leaving here in the book of Acts, his final words are to the pastors there. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know, I, Paul, know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after themselves. So be on your guard. And so listen, guys, if you're wondering why we're talking about this today, this is that. This is that. Where Paul says, keep watch over the sheep because there are wolves in our midst. It is, listen, okay, listen. It is my job. It is Pastor Mo's job, Pastor Darius's job, Pastor Chris's job. It, it is the campus pastor's job, Pastor Stephen over online. It is our job as the pastors of this house to, to watch over you so that you would not fall away. Why? Because false prophets have been around for a long time. And guess what? They're still here. You're like, this is a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. This is as real as it gets. And false prophets come in all shapes and sizes. All shapes and sizes. So here's the deal. Here, what can they look like? Okay. Um, sometimes they're just false prophets. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll be like, I am here speaking for the Lord. And you'll be like, nope, nope. Other times, you, you don't really discern it for a while. Like I, um, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole this week. You know what I'm talking about? You click a cat video, and then like three hours later, you're still watching stuff. And so um, <laughs> I went over to the suggested. I clicked on this one, and it was a prophet, right? And I know he was a prophet because he said he was a prophet. <laughs> He's on his business card. That's how you know I'm apostle so-and-so. What makes you an apostle? Well, it's on my business card. Okay. So this guy was a prophet. Okay. And, and he, starts, he starts talking about Israel. And I'm like, okay, all right. And he's like, and then World War III's coming and famine's coming and you need to guard and you need to protect. And right now you need to go to my website and you need to buy my food. And I'm like. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there listening to the guy, like legitimately fear started like World War III and death and disaster and gloom and doom. And I'm like, whoa. And so I turn it off and I'm like, that, that didn't feel right. And right there, I felt like God said this, that fear is what so many people are living in every single day because they're listening to false prophets. They're unnecessarily fearful about things that I'm not even saying because there's a liar, there's a deceiver coming in here twisting words to, to produce fear, to, 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 to produce profit. And so sometimes they're a little bit easier to, to see because maybe they are just a false prophet, but here's the deal. They're simply that are just false teachers, Right? I mean, come on, we, we all know this. You can find anybody talking about anything, anywhere. Like people talking about everything right now. Um, and, and so there are, there are certain, what I would just call false pastors in pulpits saying the most ridiculous things right now. Okay, let's just go there. Okay, so there's a movement right now called progressive Christianity, okay? And people are like, oh, it's gotta be good. It has Christianity. No, here's the idea. If I can just put it in a nutshell, progressive Christianity is saying, hey, um, God doesn't call us up to be like him. We call him down to be like us. God's changed his thoughts. God doesn't call that sin anymore. God's for all the same stuff that we are. God hates all the stuff that we hate and he loves all the stuff that we love. Like God's like us. 
And I was listening to one of these dudes this last week, and this, this complete heretic stood up, and he said, hey, God is trans, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God is trans. Jesus was gay. Um, and, and he launched into this thing, the Sparkle Creed. If y'all seen the Sparkle Creed, it's where some, sorry, idiot took the Apostles' Creed and made it a gay anthem. And if you're curious, that's called heresy. Okay, heresy is a doctrinal departure from biblical truth. Where we know what God says is true, I choose not to believe that. That's called heresy. And what it does, it leads to what's called apostasy, which is a denial of the core tenets of Christianity. There come, especially in the, like the deconstruction movement right now. There comes a point where you deconstruct to the point where it's not even Christianity anymore. Like, oh, well, Jesus is a way. Well, it's not Christianity anymore. You're an apostate, right? And so here's how I'd say it, guys. A false teacher is anyone or anything that communicates a worldview that contradicts what God says is true and good and life-giving. A false teacher is anyone who, who paints a worldview, a lens that we view life through, that's contrary to what God says is true and good and life-giving. So that means there are false teachers and professors. There, there are people in the school system there are professors who stand up in universities who literally, their, their heart's motive is to take people, your kids, from the narrow path to the broad path, to take them away from Jesus. But if this is, this is a false teacher, somebody who paints a broad picture, it can also mean this. It means many movies are false prophets. It means much music is false prophets because it's telling you a way of life and living and relationships that's contrary to the way that God says to do it. Uh, um, let's just say it like this. Pornography is a false prophet because it tells you that you can have joy and intimacy apart from Jesus and a spouse. It's, it's, it's heresy is what it is. That's the heartbeat of pornography. Um, this is horoscopes. Come on, somebody. Oh, I don't know. I just check it in the news every day. I'm a Leo. I don't know. I just... Come on. It's innocent. No, it's a false prophet. It's a false teacher in your life. What do the stars have to say about you? The one who created the stars has something to say about you. Much of social media is a false teacher, right? Now, here's the deal. Social media by itself is neutral, right? Like, social media is a tool. It's, it by itself is neither good nor evil. It can be used for good, but we know this. It's been absolutely overrun by false teachers who say, do this. Like, live this way, don't do this so you won't get canceled. Hey, hey, girls, put 12 filters on your picture so you're more beautiful, right? Like, do this to be accepted, do this to be loved. It's teaching you things. Social media is not neutral, it's trying to teach you things. And I've said this before, but I say it again. Listen, no good parent would allow an endless stream of strangers to line up at their front door and come inside and unmonitored go and talk to their kids. Yet we will give them a phone that allows them to do just that. That's what social media is. An unrestricted, an unlocked, and completely open social media is, hey, strangers, come and talk to my child about anything that you want to. And what happens is, guys, we are drinking it. We, are we got a big gulp of lies going on when it comes to social media. In fact, I looked at the stats. This is a recent survey that um, uh, the average time that a kid, a teenager, spends on social media is five hours a day. I know all the teenagers are like, shut up, dude. Like, what? Stop. <laughs> My parents hearing this right now. No, okay. 38% um, of teenagers spend over eight hours a day on social. Listen, you sleep for eight, you go to school for eight, you only got eight more. That's it. So, so it, what it's saying is parents aren't parenting their kids. Social media is parenting the kids. And here's the thought, guys. If, if you are a teenager, if you have a teenager, if you come to church and youth, which, which parents, why don't you bring your kids to youth if you're not? Listen, that's maybe three hours a week. If you get Jesus three hours a week and lies through social 40 hours a week, that's a losing battle. Because most of us don't have the ability to discern good from evil. Listen, I'm not saying don't go to movies. I'm not saying don't listen to music, whatever. Be on social, all that sort of stuff. But what I'm saying is, do we have the ability to discern between lies and truth? And I know some of you are like, yeah, of course, I've been a Christian for 20 years. But have the kids? Yeah, you've read the Bible backwards and forwards 12 times. But have the kids? Because they're not being raised on the Bible. They're being raised on social media. 
And it's here on the social platforms that people are saying the most ridiculous things and they get away with it because the fact checkers are false, right? In fact, they're, they're, uh, one of my seminary professors, we had this conversation and uh, he's a fantastic man. And he, he talked about uh, one, a guy that he knows who's at the forefront of the deconstruction movement. This is the guy who he went to seminary. This is the guy who he says the Bible has changed. The Bible's unreliable. This is why we can't trust the Bible. And, um, and my, my, this is the guy that everybody cites that's saying, see, we all know that the Bible has changed. And my seminary professor knew this guy, like he went to school with him. And so when the books came out and the podcast came out, he actually called the guy and he confronted him. He's telling us the story. He called the guy. He's like, dude, you know that's not true. Like, we went to the same school, we had the same professors, we read the same 3,000-year-old codex. Like, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, the book of Isaiah that's 3,000 years old that they found is the same book of Isaiah that we have today. You know the Bible hasn't changed. You know that's not true. What's the deal? And the guy said, yeah, I know, I know. But dude, it sells a ton of books. It gets me a lot of bookings gets me on podcasts, it gets me a lot of clicks, it gets me a lot of followers. This is how I make my living. Here's the deal. Not many people have actually done the research that we've done, so really, you're the only person who's called me on this. Yet this is the guy everybody's citing for why we can't trust the Bible. Yet he's he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And what it does, listen, guys, it reminds me of one of my favorite Abraham Lincoln quotes. Can we put this up here? I love this quote. Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you read on the internet just because there's a picture with a quote next to it. It's a smart guy. He's ahead of his time. He's way ahead of his time. I mean, how did he even know? How did he know? Yet some of you are like, what? So you, you just tagged me on social right now. You posted a picture of that right now. Okay, family, we know that just because we hear or we see something doesn't necessarily mean it's true. But here's where Jesus says, where it gets tricky is false prophets kind of look like us. They're hard to spot. They're, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? So what it means is they kind of look like us. They kind of talk like us. They may even sprinkle Jesus into the conversation, and so sometimes it, people get led astray and they don't even know they're being led astray. They sound like Christians, but they're not Christians. They sound like they have truth, but it's actually poison. You understand 1% of poison will still kill you. It'll still kill you. So what do we do? How, how do we spot false teaching when we hear it? Let's run through a few quick thoughts, okay? How do we spot false prophets? How do we identify them? Here's the first thing. They only tell us what we wanna hear. A false prophet is not gonna shake the boat. Right? They're gonna only tell you what you wanna hear. And so here, here's the idea. We live in a world, especially post-COVID, okay? Especially post-COVID, where we desperately want to hear good news, right? The problem, though, is this, is that that means that sometimes we'll accept lies as long as they make us feel good. You understand that? There's something inside us that wants to believe something even if it's false because that, that, that would make me feel good if I believed that. Listen, the government's great at this. The government loves telling you things you want to hear so you'll vote for them. I don't, this is, it's Republican, it's Democrat, it's state, it's local, it's federal, everybody make you promises all day long. They will tell you what you want to hear. Like that's the voice of a false prophet. Listen, some churches are really good at this too. Okay. That doesn't mean that you can't leave church encouraged, but if you always leave church happy, warning, warning. Second Timothy, here's what Paul says to his spiritual son, who's a, who's a pastor. He says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. In other words, this is a big deal, Timothy. And in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word, dude. Preach the whole Bible. Be prepared in season and out of season. In other words, sometimes you're gonna have to ruffle people's feathers. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, what makes me feel good, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. In other words, one of the problem of false teachers is 
Some of us want false teachers. Just make me feel good. Give me a good sermon every week that just makes me feel good by the time I leave. The problem is, if, if, if God loves all the people we love, and he hates all the people we hate, and he never says anything that upsets us, that's not God, it's an idol. And we've made God to be us. God is not us. We do not pull God down to us, he pulls us up to him. So how do we spot a false prophet? They only tell you what you wanna hear. Here's the second thing is, they don't tell you what you don't wanna hear. Okay, so with false teachers, it's as much about what they don't say as what they do say, all right? So here's the deal, that person, he, he may not necessarily say things that are wrong, but he definitely leaves out key things that are right, okay? So how to recognize a false prophet? Many times is they speak much of wisdom and love, but they don't say anything about sin and holiness. In fact, I, I heard a, a very well-known uh, preacher who said that he would never preach about homosexuality because he didn't want people to leave his church. Now, here's the deal, okay? If you won't preach about that, what else won't you preach about? Okay, and this is why, you know, uh, um, uh, a pastor, I heard him say this this one time. The problem is, uh, the ministry of a, of a false teacher is a ministry of gaps. We're gonna intentionally not say certain things. And so let me just say this, guys. Let me, if you're new to Victory, welcome to Victory. We don't preach about this every week, but hey, we do sometimes. If you've never left church thinking, I didn't like that today, red alert, red alert. Let me say, some, some of you, are, you're, you're afraid sometimes to come tell me this at the door. You're like, I didn't like that sermon today. Good, good. Because, because listen, if Victory isn't your home, if you have a home church, listen, if, if you have a pastor who's preaching the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God, sometimes you're gonna get offended, on, which is good. Hey, listen, if I'm just saying dumb stuff, that's, that's different, okay? But it, lots of times we're just offended at the word of God because the word of God challenges us. Listen, the word of God will call you higher. It will chisel off the rough edges of your life. It calls you to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. It calls you to conform your life to the image of Christ. It transforms and renews your mind. It will offend you sometimes. And listen, if a teacher is afraid to tell you the truth because you might leave, just leave. It's better to leave now than leave then. Okay, listen, be, because here, and, and let me just help you understand how, how a, I believe a good pastor thinks, is that my job isn't to make you happy. My job is to partner with the Holy Spirit to make you holy. We do need to be encouraged. We do need to hear about God's promises. We talk about these things. But listen, we do also need to hear the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. And one of the ways to spot a false teacher is they only tell you what you wanna hear and they don't tell you what you don't wanna hear. Here's the third thing. Ultimately, they get us questioning the Bible. You know, I've heard this statement a lot or statements like this lately. And whenever I hear a really weird statement like, we don't worship the Bible, we just worship Jesus. I'm like, like my, my spiritual antenna go up. Because yes, of course, we don't worship the Bible, but why the weird, unnecessary comparison? Like, why, why, what's the motivation to even say that? Because here's a movement. Listen, guys, here's a movement right there. There, there is a movement to de-emphasize the Bible. There is a movement right now to make the Bible part of the conversation instead of the conversation. And there, there is a movement right now to lower the authority of the Bible in our lives because if the devil can get you away from the Bible, he can get you away from truth. And then you're a sitting duck. And this has been his tactic since the very beginning. Go back to the garden. Go back to Genesis 3. What, what, is, what is the root, the deceiver of the brethren, his native language is lies. What's the root that he comes at Adam and Eve with? Did God really say? Did God really say? Listen, this is your test, all right, when you're listening to somebody. And here's how you discern a false teacher. You take everything they're saying, and when you put it on the stove and you simmer it and you boil it all the way down, what's left is, did God really say? Did God really say? What the enemy wants you to do is to question the authority of the Bible. And here's how it works. Let me, let me give you the flow chart of apostasy. Let me give you the flow chart of leaving Jesus, leaving the narrow way. This is what it looks like in today's world. The enemy wants to get you questioning the Bible, 
the enemy wants you to then move past questioning to then questioning the authority of the Bible over your life. Does God really have the authority to tell me what to do and what not to do? After he can get you questioning the Bible and challenging the authority of scripture over your life, then he moves on to this. The third step is this. You'll then begin to change your mind about sexual sin. Then you move to be a universalist and then you completely leave Jesus. That's what it looks like. You can look at everybody and be like, oh, they're on step two. Wait for step three. Wait for step three. They'll change their mind about sexual sin. When they're in sexual sin, just wait. About a few months from now, they're gonna say Jesus is a way. Give them about a year. Then they'll make a TikTok video and be like, I fully deconstructed, I don't follow Jesus any longer. That's how it works. And Paul says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, these people are false prophets, false apostles. They're deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I'm not surprised because even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. And here's the idea, guys. If they get you questioning the Bible, they don't belong to Jesus. They don't belong to Jesus. Here's a few more. Let's just kind of run through them. Um, They deny the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they'll, say, they'll imply things like this, is that God can save you, but he can't change you. And he won't empower you. The Holy Spirit, no, he, he, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that sort of stuff anymore. Um, they'll lead us into meaningless debates. All right, um, they don't keep the main thing the main thing. All right, you actually see this a lot, that there are whole like divisions of Christianity. They're all about the rapture. Some are like, come on, you have to mention the rapture? That's my whole life is built on the rapture. That's a problem, right? There are whole divisions of Christianity that are about the rapture or about healthy Christian eating or about the Nephilim. I don't know. There were these angels back in the book of Genesis. And we, okay, do like a one or two week Bible study, okay? But a, a false teacher doesn't want you to do a one or two week Bible study. They want you to build your whole life on this because here's what happens. When you don't keep the main thing the main thing, what happens is, I promise you, your love for Jesus starts growing cold. And then you stop being evangelist for Jesus. No, no, judge it by its fruit. Judge it by its fruit. Oh, I've been studying the Nephilim for five years. Are you still evangelistic? No, you're evangelistic for Nephilim. You're you're evangelistic for for Christian health food. You're evangelistic for your multi-marketing scheme. But not for Jesus anymore. Because that's what a false prophet will do. They refuse to keep the main thing the main thing. Here's another thing. They're in it for selfish gain, right? So they're, they're gonna say that God wants to bless you, but then you look around and you're like, wait a second. You're the only one who's getting blessed, <laughs> right? Like they're in it for money, fame, followers, clicks, sales, podcast, events, like you're like, I, I gave my whole life savings to that person. Then they'll post online, hey, Atlanta, I'm flying in on my private jet and I'm gonna teach you the 12 secrets to happiness and, and wealth. Coming to you in Midtown. Right? And, and, and it's all about them. It's a, Paul even talks about that in Acts 20. We read it earlier that they're trying to make disciples for themselves. So they'll actually leverage the name of Jesus to get you to stop following Jesus and start following them. This has happened here inside Victory. And listen, like there's 0.0000001% of small groups that this has happened, but it's happened. You've met people in the lobby before. They come up to you and you're like, hey, hey I've, uh, I've got new spiritual revelations and Victory's missing it or your home church is missing it. They, they, they're not following Jesus any longer. An angel appeared to me and he told me deep secrets. Come follow me. We're gonna start a church that's gonna change the city. Whoop, 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 whoop. Stop following Jesus, start following me. That's a false prophet, bro. And ultimately what they wanna do is they wanna lead us into sin. False teacher will lead you away from the cross instead of towards it. They celebrate sin so people no longer think that they're a sinner in need of a savior. They have a way of, of talking that it doesn't feel like repentance is necessary anymore, Jude 4. It says, for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. In other words, they say, hey, God's gonna forgive you, so it doesn't matter what you do. If they paint a picture of a very broad way to heaven, run. If they paint a picture of sin isn't a big deal, 
run. Because ultimately, here's where a false teacher wants to get you, is to deny the sufficiency of Jesus. This is the landing place. This is, this is the ultimate destination, okay? They often won't start here, but they're, they're gonna try and lead you into a works-based religion. They're gonna say that Jesus isn't the way, he's a way. Come on, somebody. That Jesus was just a man, he was just a prophet, but he wasn't God in the flesh. And to that, Paul writes Galatians 1. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven, come on, Mormons, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Guys, I know some of you are like, wow, this is, this is really hostile. Oh, we need to throttle back a little bit here, man, and be kind and loving. Listen, they don't love you. And we're just lovingly soaking all in the, the, come on, guys, you need some aggression to rise up in your soul. If anyone ever preaches a gospel other than what's found in the Bible, let them be cursed. They are cursed. Listen, that goes for me too. If, if, if I ever fall prey to the enemy, get a chink in my armor, the enemy sneaks in, I stand up here and preach any other name but the name of Jesus, let me be cursed. That goes for the campus pastors. That goes for any minister here. That goes for any pastor in any church ever. And a spiritual authority lets you be cursed if you preach a different gospel than what's found in the scriptures. Jesus is enough. <laughs> His blood still forgives. His name still reconciles. His spirit still revives. His, 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 his resurrection still empowers us to walk in newness of life. Um, we are still saved by grace through faith, not by works, or else we could brag about it. And listen, if anybody else, including an angel who shows up at midnight or a government savior arises in Washington, preaches a different gospel, let them be cursed. Let them be cursed. That is an anti, everybody's so afraid of the Antichrist. For, uh, John speaks about it, and I think it's 1 John 4. He says, listen, guys, the, the Antichrist is anyone who denies that Jesus has come in the flesh. He says the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. Y'all are waiting for one person to rise up. It's everywhere already. The spirit is already at work, and he's trying to lead us off the narrow path into the broad path. So what do we do? What do we do? Somebody's like, thank you. How do we combat false prophets? Let me just give you these, these last ideas here. Here's the first thing. I choose this intentionally. Stop being naive. Stop being naive. You're like, oh, you hurt my feelings. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your friend that you brought to church. Um, <laughs> but just listen for them. Just listen for, okay. The pro, Pastor Dennis talked about this forever, guys. Is that, that the problem with deception is that you don't know you're deceived. That's inherently the nature of deception. Uh, on, the, on the contrary, one of my uh, pastor friends, I know, he said this. Uh, if you know you're deceived and you go along with it anyways, that's just the spirit of stupid. That's just <laughs> something different. That's just the spirit of stupid on you, right? If you know you're deceived, you're like, I will fall off the cliff now, right? Guys, it's just spirit of stupid. What I'm talking about is, like, because we, we, they're, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. They look like us and they talk like us. It sounds good, right? <clears throat> but, but here's the deal. Jesus, when he says, watch out for false prophets, he's not talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the disciples. It's possible for us to be deceived. And I believe this, guys. I just, just, maybe I'm preaching to myself for a second. But I believe that we're going to have to get some newfound aggression in our soul. Right, listen, we're gonna have to make some declarative statement. Like there are truth and there are lies. There are wolves and there are sheep. Come on, there are truth tellers and there are heretics. In fact, just, just yesterday morning at uh, corporate prayer, uh, we found ourselves praying this. We said, God, when it comes to heretical preachers who are intentionally leading people away from gospel truth, when it comes to those churches, God, either correct them or close them. God, correct them or close them. And if they will not bow their knees, they will not repent. And if they continue preaching garbage that's leading people away from Jesus, close them down and then let life-giving churches move into those buildings. 
Come on, guys. Come on, I believe there's another campus in Midtown just waiting to happen, that God's gonna close a church down there, that's, that a so-called church that's preaching against Christ to open up the door for life-giving churches to move in. I believe that. Because we need to stop being naive, guys. Not everybody is our friend. Maybe you've, maybe you've learned this before. It's just because it's on Christian TV doesn't mean it's Christian. Just because somebody's holding the Bible doesn't mean it's biblical. Just because it says church on the door doesn't mean it's a church on the inside. Nothing is neutral, guys. Nothing, including social media. So please do me a favor and don't abandon the faith after watching one YouTube video. Please don't be naive. So especially if you're a young adult, if you're a teenager, when somebody says, oh, I have this newfound revelation. I read the Bible and I heard it. And, and nobody knows this except for me. No, bro, nothing new under the sun. You're not the first person to ever read the Bible. We refuted that in 451 at one of the councils. That's really old. And it's still heresy. If you have questions about faith, ask people who love you. Don't ask wolves. We have to become critical of people who don't pass the test, the test we just talked about, who tell us only things we wanna hear, who don't tell us things we don't wanna hear, who have a low view of scripture, who deny the work of the Holy Spirit, who focus on things that don't matter, who always ask us for money, who lead us into sin, and who lead us away from Jesus. We have to become really critical of those people and stop being naive. Here's the second thing we gotta do. We gotta get rooted in truth. We gotta get it rooted, really rooted in truth. Um, let, me, let me just say it like this. We have not just been going through the Sermon on the Mount for 10 months for the heck of it. You know what I'm saying? And, and James would even say this. Don't just be hearers, be doers, right? So, so may victory be a church who does the word, not just hears the word. Build your life on Jesus's teaching so that when the shaking comes, you'll be unshakable. But if your life is built on sand, you will perish. Your, your, your faith will be gone. You'll be pulled off the narrow path, brought onto the broad path, and you'll be gone. And we have to, this is, this is the power of truth, okay? This is the power of truth, is that when they're teaching people to recognize counterfeit bills, counterfeit currency, they don't show them the counterfeit currency. No, they just give them the real bill. Why? Because if I can actually learn what this bill looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like, then when a counterfeit comes, it doesn't matter what the counterfeit is, I'll know it's not the real deal. In fact, we were praying this yesterday morning and then somebody came up to me afterwards and who clearly knew more about this and he said something, I thought it was so good, I'm gonna put it up on the screen. He said, there are an infinite amount of fakes, but there's only one truth. Yeah. Infinite amount of fakes. And some of us were like, I gotta study this, I gotta study that, I got no, 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 you don't have to study all that in order to stand on the truth. No, just know the truth. Just know God's word, know the truth, and then you'll be able to spot the fake. You'll be able to spot the counterfeit, okay? And I believe this, guys. If we are going to make it in this season of just complete bombardment, if we're gonna make it in this season, we're gonna have to fall more in love with God's word than maybe we ever have before. We're gonna have to learn to prize God's truth more than we ever have before. Prize the scriptures. I love this, I love this, I love this. Charles Spurgeon says this, he's my man. He says, the word of God is the anvil upon which the opinions of men are smashed. <laughs> we are being so inundated by false teaching on the left and by the right. And listen, the way you smash the lies is with the better truth. And God's truth is always the better truth every single time. Memorize it. Listen, find faithful preachers, faithful preachers who are tried and true over decades and binge them. Get your nose in the scriptures and allow God's word to cut you. Allow it to offend you. Allow it to challenge you and discipline you and make you more beautiful like Jesus. We don't pull it down to be like us. No, we allow the, the word to call us up to be like him. So what do we gotta do? We gotta stop being naive. We gotta get rooted in truth. Here's the last thing. We have to begin quieting our life to hear the voice of the good shepherd. In John 10, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. And if they know my voice, they'll never follow the voice of a stranger. They'll never follow the voice of a stranger. But my, honestly, guys, my great concern for us is that we are so inundated with information 
all the notifications, all the direct message notifications, right? All the snaps. Some of you haven't even paid a lick of attention this entire sermon. You're like, oh, look at me. Take a picture of myself. Send it to my friend. Oh, direct message. Here's the cool thing happening right here, right? And we're so distracted, so distracted. There's not a, there's not a, a minute of silence in our life. And since we're not hearing Jesus's voice, we follow the voice of a stranger. And some of us actually have the audacity to say, God doesn't speak to me. Because you're like this the whole day. Like, like, <laughs> like. We don't even know what God likes. We just know what we like. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this this week. 42 um, attorney generals, dozens of states together sued Meta. Meta is the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. That means all the other social media lawsuits are right around the corner. And dozens of states, this week, dozens of states sued Facebook and Instagram literally for ruining the mental health of the next generation. That's this week. Yet, on your way out, you're still gonna be scrolling. And then we'll be like, I don't know why God doesn't talk to me. <laughs> Listen, don't you dare say God doesn't talk to you if you don't read the Bible. Don't you dare say God doesn't talk to you if you're always doing this thing. Don't you, don't you dare say, I don't have time to read the Bible. Check your screen time. Check your screen time. Four hours on Instagram. Phone just rang over here. God bless you. I am sorry if that was you. Like it's, we're not picking on you, but that was great. That was literally great. That was really great. That was perfect. Okay. Here's the question. Here's the question. What's it going to take for us to learn how to hear the voice of our good shepherd again. What's it gonna take? What sort of changes we're gonna have to make? Because I believe he's speaking way more than we're listening. And the great thing is this, he's the spirit of truth and he'll never lead us astray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads, let's talk to him. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you are alive you're not an idol carved with human hands. You're, you're not an ideity, I say it. You're not an idea God. Um, you're living, you're active, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. You are the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. And your spirit that is among us is the spirit of truth. Capital T truth that can change our lives. And so God, right now, here's what we do kind of in this moment. We corporately bow our hearts to the truth of God. And I know this just by sheer numbers this weekend, that there, there are many of us who've been listening to the voices of strangers. We don't know how to discern the voice of the Lord. We, we kind of put the Bible in the conversation, but we're listening to the government, we're listening to Fox News or CNN, we're listening to TikTok heretics and YouTube preachers and friends posting this and saying how not to get canceled over here. And it's just this, this mass in our mind. God right now, order us. Bring clarity to our mind by the kindness of God. Because here's one of the first steps that we need to take. Is there some of us who came in here on the broad path? We've built our life on sand, which is emotions and things that can change. And our life has never been founded on Jesus Christ. The narrow path, the narrow door that leads to the Father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. And so we have an opportunity even right now to leave the broad path, to get on the narrow path, to leave the way of death, to step into the way of life, to leave, to leave the path of rebellion and through repentance, come to the life of Jesus. And so today, listen, across all the campuses, if you say, hey, I need to step out of lies and I need to step into truth. Today, I need to cross that line of faith and say, I'm gonna build the rest of my life on Jesus Christ. Just do me a favor. Would you stretch up your hand? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of us. It's a lot of us, guys. I see your hands. I see your hands. It's a lot of hands. You can put your hands down. It's good for us sometimes just to take that step and say, that's me. So here's what we're going to do, okay? Right here in this moment, we're going to pray. And this is a prayer of truth. This isn't lip service. This is truth emanating from the deepest place of who we are. We're saying what's true. So won't you pray and repeat after me and family of God? We're going we're to pray together. Let's pray like this. Say, Jesus, right now, I leave lies and I step into truth. I leave the broad path to walk the narrow path. I leave death to enter into life. So right now, I repent of my sin, of my rebellion, my addiction, and my shame. I leave it behind to step into faith in you. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died for my sins, and rose again. Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my King. And right now, I am born again through faith in Jesus Christ. God is my Father. I'm your child. God, lead me in truth. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, guys, right here, I want to take one more step. It's literally going to take 90 seconds because I think that God has one more thing for us. In prayer for, for right now, I felt like God said, we need to turn off lies at the tap. I saw the, like the hose attached to the spigot sort of thing. Um, we need to go to the source of some of the things that we've been believing and listening to and allow those sources to dry up. So I'm gonna give you 90 seconds. Can we put these questions up here? Here's what I love us to do. Some of you, in fact, I'd encourage you, pull your phone out, like take a picture of this. Um, and because you may need to kind of process some of this when you leave here too. So here's, here's three really good questions. What competing voices do I need to unplug from so I can hear the voice of my good shepherd? Two, in what way can I prioritize God's truth in the Bible this week? I guarantee you, you have time to read the Bible. You're just using that time on other things. And so how can I prioritize capital T truth in my life? And here's the third thing. What would a one-week social media fast look like for me? Now, I know some of you are like, ah, young whippersnapper, I'm not on social. That's awesome. It's fantastic. Most of us are. Most of us are. So what would it look like if I actually just kind of dried that up for a week and then saw what sort of clarity and creativity and truth started coming back into my mind? Okay, so here's what we're gonna do as we close. We're gonna take 90, literally 90 seconds and let's allow the Lord to talk to us about these things for just a minute and then we'll pray and then we'll close.